to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Now, today, we're going to be dealing with a very, very interesting topic. One that I don't think I've shared the way I'm sharing it today. Now we've been looking at spirituals, right? So I want us to deal with the ministry of deliverance. Now on a scale of 1 to 10, how free should I be? You know why I say so? In the ministry of deliverance, there are some cases which are they are very weird and strange. They will not they don't match up to the box that you may have put it in. So are you sure I should be free? Okay. Should I go on to the message? Do I start with a joke? You need to be eased into it, right? Okay, this one is not really a joke. It's just something interesting. Apparently, there were children in Sunday school who were asked to write letters to their pastor. I'm going to read two letters they wrote. One of them wrote, Dear Pastor, please say in your sermon that Joseph Banda has been a good boy all week. I am Joseph Banda. Sincerely, Joseph age nine (laughs) and then another one wrote dear pastor i'm sorry i can't leave more money in the offering basket but my father didn't give me a raise in my allowance could you have a sermon about a raise in my allowance love matilda age 10 (laughs) smart kids eh okay um One of my first personal encounters with the Ministry of Deliverance, because mainly I would encounter it through being an usher. You know, sometimes when you want to see all the action, you join the ushering ministry. I think you just find yourself being helpful, right? So one of my first encounters with the Deliverance Ministry, I received a call one day from this lady, and she says, hi, I would like to bring my boyfriend's young sister to you for prayer. I said, sure. I mean, I'm 16. It's what I do. Pray for people. I think I was 16 by then. And then uh, this lady was brought and she didn't look herself. She didn't look herself. She was about 19, 20, but she looked she just looked disturbed. I think that's the best word I can use. So I tried to preach the word to her. There was nothing that was entering. It was coming like this, it was going out like this. And she just looked disturbed. So I found out the story of what happened. Like I said, scale of 1 to 10, give me the scale again. Fine. So apparently, um, her problem started when she met a false prophet. 
And interestingly, there are a lot of, if there's an area where there's a lot of false prophets, one of the areas, it's the ministry of deliverance. You know why? Because as long as people are manifesting and falling down, they take it as legitimacy and people are very um people can be gullible in that area and it's also an easy area to make money yeah so now she had an encounter with a false prophet the false prophet prophesied to her family that the girl had a problem and because of that she needed to go and live at his house so that he can, she can get delivered. And it just so happened when she went to live at his house, to her shock, she was told to be sleeping on their matrimonial bed, husband and wife. Like husband and wife are sleeping, then she should be in the middle. And in the presence of the wife, he would have carnal knowledge of her. So already you know that's a false prophet because you know them by their fruits and probably a ritualist. Yeah. And the family was being charged a lot of money for his upkeep during that period. That's not even the worst case I've dealt with. And so eventually they ran away and the girl was sent back to her family but she wasn't okay. So next, they took her to a witch doctor to try and sort out the issue. And she became worse. So even with her coming to me, she just got her because her family had given up. So brought her, and I said, we might as well. And I had just been exposed to Luke 10, verse 19. Like every 16-year-old should be exposed to. And it says... Come on, without showing it on the screens, everybody, behold. Okay, no, let's start from verse 18. I saw for like lightning. And then, behold. Ah, say it loud. To do what? And, and to defeat all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm him. I think there are certain verses every Christian should know. Maybe I'll write a document, certain verses every Christian should know. And I remember I began ministering to her. I didn't have a praise team, so I would play music on the DVD player. Or Alice would come sing. But so I was playing music on the DVD player. I was playing, healing rain is falling down. Yeah. And then I ministered to her, and then this demon manifested. And the way it manifested was, it was as though I was talking to that man. Because he was a ritualist, and he had planted it there. It's almost like a blank robot, and then you put AI, something like that. And I dealt with it. And we're done with the session. I didn't know the ministry of Enrich by then. So I'll just minister. I didn't even need your number afterwards. But one day, I'm walking in... I'm, I think I was going to preach at Zika's University. This is like two years later. And someone says... Fred. People just knew me as Fred by then. I said, yes. You don't recognize me? I said, no. It's me. Who? <laughs> and she began to explain. And it was the very same person I administered to. Her life had come back together. She could think properly. And she was now enrolled at Zika's. She's graduated now. And here was the interesting thing. Her features were different because she was, it seems by complexion, naturally, she was quite light-skinned. Everything had gone dark and gloomy. 
but a deliverance happened. We are going somewhere. Can I continue? You want a few more stories? So, the other day, <laughs> there was then another issue that I dealt with. And like I said, I kept dealing with the same kind, with quite a number of issues. But recently, I dealt with an issue where there was this person who was interfering in a home. And in the way they were interfering, they decided to use charms. And foolishly, those charms were working. When I say foolishly, anything witchcraft-related which works on a person's behavior, it means that person already had a bad behavior and they've just added to it. So you find the person already had a challenge in that area. But this time the person was using charms and their aim was not just to get the man. Their aim was to get rid of the woman. And so they planted something in her. And I think she was at her weakest because it worked. She herself was, something was going off. And so she enters my office. And I say, please take a seat. And she says, no, I can't sit in this office. I can't sit in this office. I'm leaving. I thought she was just being emotional. So I said, but you came all the way, then you want to leave. And I'll name her Flash Bulb, whatever that is. And I said, Flash Bulb. Flash bulb is not here. And I said, some entertainment. <laughs> I was like, this is nice. I've got some entertainment for the day. And so I did like a four. <laughs> and I said, okay. Uh, whoever you are, sit. Since you came to talk, sit. Let's talk. I can't sit on your chair. Let me at least sit on the floor. But first, tell all these men to leave your office. Now, of course, I, you know who the men were, right? The angels. I usually have an usher. I didn't even call an usher. I wanted the entertainment all to myself. I told the angels, oh, usher. <laughs> and I said, sit. And I won't give you the details, but we dealt with the issue. I'm not focusing on the manifestation. Let me focus on the result. I got a message a day later. And the husband came back home. He hadn't been home for I don't know how long. I got a message yesterday. With a similar report. Deliverance has a purpose. It's not there for entertainment. It's not there to put up a show. The ministry of deliverance actually has a purpose. And let me just mention that the reason why I'll take my time in this area is because the Ministry of Deliverance is also one of the most poorly taught subjects. Let me give you an example. In my very few years of doing active ministry, just about 12, 13, every person, and I mean, if not every, then 90%, every person who's ever come to me and said, pray for me, I've got a generational curse. I'm under a generational curse. Every person who's ever come to me and said that, one, I'm usually not the first person they've come to. Two, I'm usually not the last. I even know this one is not coming back. Worse off, if I give them my doctrine, they find me very boring in that regard. One person came and literally saw both me and Pastor Daniel. I, th I think now it's very hard to see us both at the same time. So both Pastor Daniel and I, I, did, I, if there's ever been a person I ever prayed for who I don't know why they came to see me, it's that person. That person wasted my time. Just came very grumpy, upset. Like, um, why are you here? I've got a generation of guests. I want to deal with. 
Okay, let me share the word. So I, I began sharing the word. I cracked the joke. She didn't laugh. And it was funny. It wasn't like one of those. It was funny. I cracked the joke. She didn't laugh. Then I go deep into the word. Oh, okay. And then we, <laughs> we decide now to pray for her. In the name of Jesus. And I think she also had a certain pain. Eh? I command this pain. Go. It's still there. You have not even yet finished saying the go. It's still there. So I suddenly asked, like, am I, like, am I the first pastor you've come to see? No. What number am I? Number 13. I said, uh, <laughs> and mainly it's because this area has been taught wrongly. Let me get you thinking for a second. I'm not yet going into what's right and what's wrong, but let me get you thinking. If a person... Wait, let me give you another example, then I'll get you thinking and go to the scriptures. There are certain areas that have been touched a certain way, but my challenge with the way certain areas have been touched is that they exhort certain things above the name of Jesus. So I'll give you an example. I was reading an article in one of the churches, like you know those articles that feature pastors? So there was a pastor who featured and he wrote that for him, he's been called in the ministry of deliverance. And so he said, um, every Christian should research their bloodline because if you don't research your bloodline, there are certain things you'll never be able to deal with. I was in shock. You know the first words that came out of my mouth? You know the gospel is good news, right? So the first words that came to my mouth, it says, is there no good news for the person who's got foster parents? Is there no good news for the person who has got no idea who their mother or father is? No idea about their family? Then they can never be free. Is there no good news for someone who was born in the royal family? Is there no good news for someone who has a baby, they took them to the witch doctor and they did it in Dembo? Is there no good news for them? In case all you've ever heard is bad news, Today, I came to deliver good news. Okay, and and this good news has got a substance to it. It's got a substance to it. I want you to imagine there's this person named Mavutoyambiri. And then their middle name, that's like the first name. Mavutoyam Bidi is their first name. <laughs> their middle name, no, their middle name is Lilomba. Okay. And then their son name, their third name, <laughs> Is Shonongo. Okay? Now, how do you imagine that's their name? And all they've ever grown up with is an environment of all sorts of sin, all sorts of evil priesthoods. And today they are listening to this message. In one minute, if they had an opportunity to listen to you, what would you say to them? Say it to your neighbor. Like, tell them what you would tell them. What would you tell this person? What message would you preach to them? Is your sermon done? Some of you are not preaching. You are my hiding place. You always feel my heart 
with songs of deliverance. You are my hiding place. Come on, sing it. You always fill my heart with songs. Okay. If there is something that's very important when dealing with Satan, it's your belief system. She's not here, she's actually working. I think she's testified before. I remember one time, uh, by then Benedict was working in my office. There's a job she applied for. And then she came to me and told me three dreams that she had. Because they kept telling her they would call her and they weren't calling her. And she came to me and told me three dreams that she had consecutively. In the dreams it's no, I was going somewhere and then the bus just passed and I missed the bus. No, I do you know those dreams which the interpretation is obvious. You don't even need to pray about it. The dream was simply talking about the spirit of delay, right? So she comes and tells me that dream. And you know, she was like, Pastor, I don't know what to do. Spirit of delay. And I said, I was excited when I heard those dreams. I was excited. I said, the police are excited if they know what the criminals are doing. And I say, that's it. Anything God shows us, we can deal with. I think a week later, they called her. I said, it's even been made easier for us now. <laughs> because we knew exactly what we were dealing with. We knew we were dealing with the spirit of joy. It's your perspective that matters. But let's continue. You are my hiding place. You always feel my heart with songs. Whenever I feel I will trust in you. I will trust in you. Let the weak say I am strong. Okay. I want to ask for one favor. How many of you are in the church group? How many of you are not in the church group? Okay. Here's the favor I want to ask for. Um, there are two approaches I can take to this sermon, but it feels like I might not take the approach I wanted to take. The initial wanted, approach I wanted to take was the teacher approach, but I'll end up taking long, and then I'll end up missing what God wanted me to say today. Because if I'm taking the teacher approach, I'll start with what is deliverance, and I've got all those notes written down. So can I go to what God wanted me to say today, and then I will send those notes for the other things in the church group which we are not in. Dying. And you know the only way to get in is to fit in a membership form. Is that okay? Because sometimes that's the weakness when you're a teacher. You can end up missing what God wants to say. Because right now I was about to start defining deliverance, synonyms of deliverance, then what bondage is, opposition, the difference, and then the place that we're at as believers, what happened at the cross, and then I was then going to go into... Um, now, what we deal with after the cross, how we deal with it after the cross, then the, the weapons in our warfare uh, and the like. And then I was going to get to what God wanted me to say today. <laughs> so you understand why I have to. Ephesians 6 from verse 10 to 18. Today, I want to talk mainly about songs of deliverance. Turn to your neighbor and say, songs of deliverance. To another one, songs of deliverance. Okay. So it says, finally, my brethren, 
Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, I'll make it clear in the writing. There's a difference between deliverance and casting out a demon. Everyone has needed a mighty deliverance someday or another. Everyone. Sometimes it's even from people. There's a difference, okay? There was a time when I was in Kenya, the first time I went to Kenya, there were protests on, there were protests every Monday. They had organized protests. The keyboard should continue. They had organized protests. That was a time when the battle was between Raiola Odinga and Kenyatta. And the place that I was in, like where I was to get a flight from, was the stronghold of the opposition, Raiola Odinga. And so those guys were protesting. Serious protests, not these jokes we see. Serious protests. Like there were rocks on the road, not stones, rocks on the road. And so we're about to start off to go back. And I'm looking on the TV and they're protesting, they're protesting again that day. And so I thought, ah, obviously these guys are all connected. They've like hired they've hired the military to take me to the airport or something. So I'm like, how are we going? And he answers, by the grace of God. <laughs> if there's ever been a day when I never wanted to hear that it's by the <laughs> it was I thought maybe there's a secret tunnel or there's another route. And I was going to miss my flight, by the way. And so at that point, what I needed was a mighty deliverance. And so you know what I did? I told the team to pray. I said, guys, if you know me, just pray. And we began praying. And then suddenly, this heavy rain came as we were driving. One of them even said, I'm sure your flight will be grounded. I said, no, the moment we reach the rain, we'll go. And as we started driving, we found the protesters were on the roadside waiting for the rain to finish. And that's how we reached and the rain finished. That in itself was a mighty deliverance, but you'll see as we go on. Deliverance is simply being transferred from an undesirable place to a desirable place. The purpose of deliverance is for two things, for holiness and for people to get their possessions. Obadiah chapter number one, and verse 17 says, But on Mount Zion there will be deliverance and there will be holiness. And the people of Jacob will possess their possessions. So there are times where something may try to interfere or intervene with what is yours, with you possessing what is yours. Now, in dealing with Satan, there are certain weapons that God has given us, right? And we find them in Ephesians chapter 6. And the first weapon that is mentioned in Ephesians chapter 6. And verse, it should be verse 12 or 13, is the belt of truth. Give me verse 13. I'm skipping these because I don't want to get tempted to tell you what principalities are and all that kind of stuff. Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore. Right? Having girded your waist with truth. Now when the Apostle Paul was writing this, he was picturing a Roman soldier. And the way a Roman soldier worked is as follows. A Roman soldier had this belt around him. And then this belt is where his shield would rest. This belt is where his sword would rest. This belt is where everything would rest. So if the belt was messed up, everything else can't rest somewhere. In the same vein, the biggest challenge that people have had in the area of deliverance is the lack of a belt of truth. It means no matter how sharp your sword is, you've got nowhere to put it. And that's why Jesus rightly said that you, they shall know the truth and the truth shall make them free. It's what you believe that matters first. Because the faith, even to defeat Satan, functions first in a belief system. That's why the Bible says submit to God. You first submit to God, then you resist the devil and he will flee from you. And so one of the, one of the channels that God has given to strengthen us in this area 
is a channel called Songs of Deliverance. Songs of Deliverance. In, I want us to see this. In uh, Psalms 32, verse 7. Songs of Deliverance. Tell somebody Songs of Deliverance. Psalm 32 and verse 7. Let's read it together. One, two, three. You are my hiding place. Uh -huh, let's go. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Selah. Now, that shows you something. That one of the shields God uses for you is actually called songs of deliverance. It's not saying I'll feel good in my heart when I sing it. No, it's saying you shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Meaning, songs of deliverance have got a role they play. You know what they do? They create an environment around you. They create this shield. It's one of the ways to activate this shield of faith. There are certain attacks you should never know even came. Because you're shielded. Turn to somebody and say songs of deliverance. Tell another one, songs of deliverance. Hey. There was a time when there was something that we were battling. And then someone texted me, I don't know why, but I had a weird dream about you. I'm like, what's the dream? I dreamt that you were fighting these things and you were using your guitar. I knew what it meant. I knew what it meant. It meant songs of deliverance. It meant if I sang a certain way, I would experience what I was singing. <laughs> and then eventually, this, they become songs of testimony where they remind you of certain things that God has done. Now, 2 Samuel 22, verse 1 to 3. Let's read it together. Hayamalamasandi Hayamalamasandi One to three, let's read. Then David spoke to the Lord the words of this song so the songs of deliverance must have particular words let's continue on the day when the lord had delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. next verse what were the words of this song and he said the lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer uh-huh the god of my strength in whom i will trust my shield and the horn of my salvation my stronghold and my refuge my savior you save me from violence hallelujah so meaning these songs of deliverance have got particular content and you know what their content is their content will in the nature of who God is. Their content will boast in who God has made you to be. Because one of the ways to praise God is to confess who you are. You know that confessing who you are really praises God. Let me give you an example, right? Um, do you know the somersaults I'll do the day my daughter says her name and her last name? She says, I'm daughter of Frederick. And I'm like... Like, now can you imagine how it is for God when you're out there saying I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus I've been given authority to trample on snakes and scorpions because of what the Lord Jesus did for me it's a song of deliverance it creates a shield somebody say glory okay Psalm 137 verse 1 to 4 7 verse 1 to 4. Let's read it. 1, 2, 3, read. The rivers of Babylon. Yea, we wept when we remembered. Can't you know it? <laughs> uh huh. We hung our harps upon the willows in the midst of it. Uh huh. 
Now, you know what harps are, right? Just imagine them to be fancy guitars. For they are those who carried us away captive, asked of us a song. And what did they say? And those who plundered us requested saying, sing us one of the songs of Zion. Meaning Zion, Zion for the Israelites. Let me know what Zion for the Israelites represented, right? How many of you are aware that the Israelites had periods of time where they would be scattered? And so Zion was like going back to the homeland. So they're being told, sing us one of the songs of Zion. And then here's what they said in verse 4. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? One of the biggest signs of bondage is when you can't sing the Lord's song anymore. That's why I always tell you never lose your song. It's not just a fancy thing we say. Never lose it. Because no matter how much they throw you in the prison and they whip you or they whip you by Silas, if you can just keep your song, something will happen to those prison doors. Something will happen to those chains. Paul may have lost blood that day, but he never lost his song. <laughs> Hallelujah! So, they asked of them saying, Sing us a song of Zion. And notice what they did. They hung their harps. Some of you go get your harps back. Tell your neighbor, say, get your song back. Tell another one, get your song. Say, arm yourself with songs upon songs upon songs. Okay, you've got 30 seconds. Sing your song of Zion. Okay, here I'm hearing me, I know, go suffer. What's the song of Zion this side? This side, what's your song of Zion? The same song? Are you sure? What's your song of Zion? Gratitude, wonderful. What's your song of Zion this side? I am blessed, I am blessed, I am blessed. This one wants blessings. <laughs> but what am I trying to say? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, arm yourself with the weaponry of song. Sometimes you know what you do? Sometimes sing a song that testifies of what you've not even experienced yet. Why? Because the Bible says that when you pray, right? Believe that you've received and you receive. So why not sing as though you've already received? Sing songs like a believer. Come on, somebody. Hey. Okay, so these guys hung their harps. Ask somebody, when was the last time you just broke forth into singing? Okay. Now, um, Can I show you three formal verses? You now understand why I couldn't take the teacher approach, right? Psalm 126 verse 1. That, now this is the counter of this verse. Psalm 126 verse 1. Even though it comes before, it's the counter of this one. The earlier one was the captivity of Zion, so they hung their harps, right? Deliverance as a sound. Why do you think countries have national anthems? Deliverance as a sound. Freedom sounds like something. What does freedom sound like? Let me hear you. Songs of Zion. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. I prophesy to you in the name of Jesus that you will touch with your hands that which you've touched in the spirit. I prophesy to you that you hold it in your hands. You see it with your eyes. You hold it physically in the name of Jesus. Take your seats. I'm almost done. We were like those who dream. Uh-huh. Verse 2. Then our mouth was filled with laughter. Have you ever had a moment where you're praying about something, right? 
and and you say lero lero and then you go into prayer no have you ever had it where like today i'm praying with an angry face until i see an answer and you enter maka <laughs> Saints, he who sits in the heavens laughs. <laughs> and he says that our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. <laughs> and they said among the nations, see what the Lord has done. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord! Hallelujah! Okay, let me just give you two more pointers. Let me just give you two more pointers. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I will never lose my song. I will sing it every day. Genesis 29, verse 32. I will never lose my song. I will sing it every day. Okay. Now, no, 32. 32. Da, 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 da. Genesis 29, verse 32. The Bible tells us about Leah. Leah conceived and bore a son, and she, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, The Lord has looked on my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me this son also. And she called his name Simeon. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, My now this time my husband will become attached to me. Because I have born in three sons. Therefore his name was called Levi. And she conceived again. And bore a son and said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Malo Judah. <laughs> and then she stopped bearing. Now, here's the thing do you know that God inhabits the praises of his people? That's not just a saying, that's a scripture. You can find that. Um, I'll, I'll give it to you shortly. Now, God inhabits the praises of his people, right? And I want us to see Revelations chapter 5, verse 5. In the Old Testament of Leah's sons, who became the priests? Who was it? Levi, right? But interestingly, Levi wasn't the one through whom Jesus was born. You'll find that the inhabits the praises of his people, 22, 3 sons. Even in heaven, they acknowledge... Now, I want you to hear this. This is a conversation going on in heaven. And then people are weeping. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Listen, if you check Judah's life, he may not necessarily be as he may not necessarily have been as good as Joseph or any of those. He also had his issues. Okay? But you know what's interesting? Because that name was covenanted to God, that tribe became the one that was chosen. Because God has set it as a principle that where there are praises, he inhabits. So what does he decide to do? 
his son was born through <laughs> that very lineage of Judah. And in heaven they still acknowledge and they call him the lion of the tribe of Judah. And what does Judah mean? Praises. Do you want the lion to roar in your life? Then what must you do? Let's have one last portion of scripture. Acts chapter 16 verse 20 Okay, so second last. Acts 16, verse 24. So, these guys were put in the inner prison, okay, and fastened their feet in the stocks. This is Juan Silas. They were put in prison for casting out a demon. Now, I want us to imagine this. Let's have like a mental view of this, right? Here, these guys have been beaten for doing the right thing. They could have been angry at God. Hey, how can I? I'm busy preaching your word and you're allowing me to be beaten. They could have been. But it's like for them, they check midnight. Right? And then one of them looks at the other one and says, The sun comes up. It's a new day dawning. And he, no, they, they didn't really have the nice voices, no. I don't think they were singing with the nicest of voices. Can you imagine what voice do you think they were singing with? Try it. Because you've been beaten. The sun <sighs> comes up. It's a new day dawning. And then they look at each other. And maybe there's this smile. It's time to sing his song again. And then at that point, they didn't even know that they would experience a deliverance. And so they say, even if they whip us again, <laughs> what will happen in the evening? I will be singing. <sighs> Can you imagine that? And it says at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and they were not ashamed of it the prisoners were listening to them don't be ashamed of your of your song it says the prisoners were listening to them hallelujah let's go on <laughs> suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed now Singing, what singing does is it doesn't just affect you. It's the whole environment. If you want to take charge of an environment, worship in that environment, even if it's under your breath. Because what happens is that even the ones who are not participating, even the ones who maybe were even mocking them for singing, their chains were also loosed. Why? Because they were in the same environment of deliverance. So when you want that environment of deliverance, there's a way you sing in that environment. There's a church that wanted to start seeing healing miracles. They never used to see them. What they did, the praise team just started singing healing miracle songs. That's all. And in an environment. And before long, there were more healing miracles. Praise God. That's why you shouldn't waste your time singing about Satan making a mess of you. You'll be creating the wrong environment. If you're under me, no. That's nonsense. Let's have our final verse. Isaiah 54. Praise him. Should I ever hear? No, we've just got a special song. No. You will disturb me. Psalm 54. You know, some songs are not songs of deliverance. Now, that's saying like Satan will beule, right? Like you beule him out of your back. How does he always keep coming back to your back? I want you to imagine, you know, sometimes think about it. There are some songs you just like the dance. Just tell us, we'll find another song and we'll find the same dance for like this. Maybe, maybe, maybe you just want us to have a dance for like this, right? Suppose, please find the find this find the song that will be dancing like this. 
wa majabu If you want to sing about him or rather you sing kasatana ni kuka Mother songs to teach Sunday school Tayo uko You can find that was the original wheels on the bus. So let's go. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? Can we read it together? It's our final verse. There was a time before we read it. There was a time, you know what happened? I had a rough day. A rough one. Um we had just experienced we thought okay, I will summarize it. The same day city of the living god because we're city of the living god first was deregistered same day were kicked out of our venue <laughs> it was a rough day and then i got false hope because it was a venue i thought we could buy we went to see it it wasn't what we saw in the photos it was a rough day who was with me that day was any of you with me i reached home and I decided, I didn't hear God, I decided to sing. I sat. And then I started thinking and meditating. I was like, you know what? There was a woman, she had an issue of blood. It had been so many years. She paid her money out. But she knew she could just get close to him. Just one touch from Jesus. then I kept thinking to myself, I went, the centurion cried out to him, my servant is in need of you, he's at the verge of death, but he said, you don't even need to come to my house, what must he do? Just speak the word and no things will be around. Do you know the chorus? One word from Jesus. And then what happens? And it's all sorted out. Just one word from Jesus. That is all we need. One word from Jesus. And these mountains become level ground. Hey, only me. And you know what happened? You know what? You know what's interesting? That was the deliverance. That was the. That was the. That was the warfare. And then I heard. I heard like, you know where God replies through you. And they're saying, you're asking for one word, eh? I've given you the whole Bible. Just pick one. Pick one and it's the one for today. Okay, here's an instruction. Isaiah 54, verse 1. Do you want us to read it together? One, two, three, go. Sing, O barren, you who have not born. Break forth into singing and cry aloud. So meaning there are moments where you sing. You can plan, you can literally plan a list saying, I'm gonna sing these songs because I'm thanking God for this, I'm praising God for this, I'm believing God for this. You plan it. And then there are also moments where you just break forth into song. Praise God. And, uh, is there anyone here who's not born again? And you want to give your life to Jesus today? I only have a minute, so please raise your hand. Is there anyone who's not born again? And you like to give your life to the Lord today? Raise your hand, please. Raise your hand. Stand, please. Come. I want you to say after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I confess you as my Lord. Amen. Praise God. Okay, I want every hand lifted. Um, let's check the time. Can I have 12 
Can I have 12 minutes of your time? I want to just sing over you. I'm singing over you. What a powerful name. The name of Jesus. Yes. Shekura masandurududu. Your words are ever before him. He knows the tiniest details of your life. You've been inscribed on the palm of his hands. He counts the hair on your head day and night. His plans over you, they stand forever. Nothing can change them. Nothing can change them. They are manifesting with speed. Manifesting with speed. Angels have been dispatched. They are manifesting with speed. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. I'm singing over you. The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't sing along for now. I'm singing over you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. The Lord turn his his face toward you and give you peace the Lord heal you the Lord deliver you he's transferring you a desirable place the Lord fill you with visions of him may you be known to him you have boldness you have courage you're the battle axe of the Lord with you. He takes over territory. That spirit of might, that spirit of dominion, it's manifesting in you. The Lord cleanses your blood. The Lord renews your mind. Your conscience is innocent again. And he heals your emotions. The Lord causes finances to come your way. In abundance. For he loves you so much. service i have been so blessed and i know you have been too may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the communion of the holy spirit be with you you can reach the city of the lord church on 0 if you are unable to call you can email us on the city of the lord zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church.
stay blessed.